What's good, everybody? This is Hawk, host of Bro, What the Fuck? Today's episode, definitely not one you want to miss. Everybody loves a good fight the power at work story. Everybody loves a good story of a manager getting told off or cussed out or what have you. Today is that day. Me and my bro, Mike, got two hellified stories to bring to you. It's definitely not one you want to miss. Also, before this episode starts, I dropped a little blooper uh, at the beginning, man. Me and my boy Mike tried to record an episode like two weeks ago and fucked up, but the intro was hilarious. So I'm going to go ahead and drop that first. From there, we're going to get right into the episode. There is a few parts throughout the episode where my sound's kind of muffled. It's not long at all, so just bear with me on that, man. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get this thing cracking. I appreciate you guys listening as always. And now bringing to you the host and the co-host of Bruh, What the Fuck? All right, we're recording this podcast on Mike's expensive-ass iPad. (laughs) (laughs) The iPad Pro. You can fucking pay bills with it. (laughs) You can give your life to to Christ with it. I mean, what else can you do? Kill a motherfucker with that bitch and throw it. That's kind of an extreme to jump to. Go from giving your life to Christ and killing somebody? I'll fling that bitch like a frisbee across the room in a minute. Well, goddamn. You just hear that bitch coming in. Sloop, 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 sloop. Motherfucking Mike. Welcome to episode five of Bruh, What the Fuck? With your host, Hawk. And your boy Mike. What up, Hawk? What it doing, do? man? How's everything going over there, bro? Everything's everything, man. I know, I I'm 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 chilling. Fresh off eating a full plate. Had to ease my mind, yeah. you know. So I'm chilling now, bro. We uh it's been almost a month since we dropped an episode. It's been a while. I know, man. Like what you uh what you been up to, man? Like uh you just went out to Houston, man. Like that was a big ass trip for you, man. Like, like tell us a little bit about your trip to Houston, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna be diplomatic in situations like this, and I'm just gonna say Houston was great because I got to spend time with my baby girl and her brothers. Um, they enjoyed me being out there. Uh, the excitement I got on Paige's face when I saw her and gave that hug, bro. Like you couldn't. I was set for life, bro. That just, oh yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Just that, oh yeah, eyes get big, and that you hear daddy, and they put their arms out to get a hug, bro, and they tell you I've missed you, like that shit, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, that, that shit will hit you hard, man. What made your boy cry? I said, no, oh, yeah, I missed you too, man. Shit, yeah, made cry. Yeah, man. That's yeah, you're that's man. a long trip for you, Brody. That's a long trip, man. Yeah. How, how was that flight, bro? Hey, so I almost shit my pants on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the initial ascending. Because <laughs> listen, I was already you know I was excited about seeing pay <laughs> and. uh and and the damn the things are already like so first of all united airlines don't give two fucks about social distancing i just want to throw that out there they had every row filled to capacity um and so i'm on i'm on the plane with these folks i had some fine ass chicks sit like on the outside of my row and she i i did i mean hey look, i'm i'm a good looking guy i ain't never had no problem getting no females attention but she was like whoa bro and so I took the opportunity. She was sitting there nervous as fuck like I was. She was sitting there grabbing seats and shit when we hit turbulence. So I'm grabbing seats too, trying to flirt with her and shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but for real though, uh, that whole experience when the plane fucking dips and comes back up, like how it feels, like when turbulent. When- oh, yeah. What? Man, I, I was looking for any string to pull to stop this fucking flight. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, bro, fuck this. <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah, so. So my boy Hawk man took his first like major flight out of Atlanta and and it was successful man. I'm proud of him man. Yeah, he yeah. drove to Atlanta, flew to fuck he flew to fucking Houston, got to chill with his daughter. He flew back to Atlanta and made it home yep. all in one piece. That's a big ass piece, but he made it all <laughs> in one piece. Hey, oh let me I'm, let me say I'm this. I'm just glad you made it home, bro. So I, I am too, and I'm also glad of the valuable lesson that I learned during my time in the Atlanta airport outside of the rude ass fucking air, you know, workers and, and all that jazz the, the drinks there. Oh yeah. Bitch, please. I will never again a day in my life drink at that damn airport, bro. So uh, yeah, see, see, cause I told Hawk, I, I told you, bro. I was like, tell him what you, told me. you get on the flight. 
I said, go ahead and drink before mm-hmm. you get on a flight. Mm-hmm. You're going to be straight. Did you tell Let's me about the prices? I, I didn't tell you about the prices, <laughs> man, because every time I flew, like, I was really flying on business out of there, man. So, like, I never had to pay for that shit. Oh, <laughs> so, see? See, because I even told Mike, I said, boy, you come through with the deal. I was I'm about to get drunk. I'm going to get on the flight. I'm chilling. Nah, you can't like you can't get drunk there unless you're loaded, bro. Unless you don't care about money, man. That shit's too fucking high. I mean, well, luckily, you know, it wasn't that I didn't. I just I'm frugal, you know me. I don't want I'm every every dollar is precious to me. So I'm like, I like I ain't got shit. And (laughs) and fucking bro, I I got the TGI Fridays. I had two Angry Orchards, and I looked. I said, damn, thirteen dollars for two. Oh, that was like thirteen fifty or thirteen seventy five or some shit like that. Then I got up to go. You know, I got I got my, my gate and all that, and I sat at Steelhouse, which is right by where I was getting on at. And yeah. I had I had two shots and I had a Budweiser, a Bud Diesel, called a Bud. Them shits hit strong. I had fucking I had a shot of uh, Crown Royal, and I had a shot of Brooks. I think is the guy he called. It. It's 127 proof whiskey. I said, yeah, let me get that. Um, and then I had a Bud a Bud Diesel and fucking. I looked at my tab. I said, "God damn, forty dollars! What the fuck, bro? <laughs> the the one whiskey hey. shot alone was twenty. I said, hell. Did woo. did you hold a did you hold a piss on the way to Houston after drinking all that shit, dude? I I yeah, I I didn't mid flight it hit me. I had yeah. to go to sleep, and I was like, ooh, and I didn't want to get up. I ain't trusted. I said, man, I I've seen some movies, bro. I flushed the toilet, the shit go under the plane, and I'm out. Because I'm good, bro. I said, I'm gonna hold. I can't imagine your big ass going up and down that aisle trying to use the fucking pisser, bro. <laughs> hey, boy, but yeah, it was good. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> hey, I just didn't. I didn't like the, how people didn't distance themselves. Everybody was too damn comfortable, bro. I was like, oh, this, this is it's the problem right here. But I had to make that. I couldn't drive, bro. I had to make that move see my baby. So I had to. Yeah, that's a long-ass drive, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's 13-plus hours. So, but yeah, man. Um, How about you, though? How was holidays? How was the. uh... Oh, man. Holidays. Holidays were good, man. I saw you the the weekend before you left. You know, we got to chill for a little bit. That was dope. And then, um, yeah, just chill. I chill with uh with Casey's family and then you know we had all the kids. You know, I sent I sent I didn't have Alexa this Christmas, but I sent a bunch of gifts to her, man. Yeah. FaceTimed her, bro. Like she had a hell of a Christmas. And um, you know, like everybody's good, man. Like no COVID. Yeah. And you know, every I, man shit, I got my PS5 though. Bro. <laughs> hey, got like, PS5 though, bro. I got that PS5 though. So uh so yeah, man, everything everything's good. I mean, I, I can't really complain. You know, money's money's going down the drain, but everything else is perfect. <laughs> hey, as long as you keep your sanity, bro, I think you know, I think you'll get the other back where it needs to be. Definitely. Yeah, my man's a with it. Definitely. He ain't gonna admit it. He's like he likes to he likes to be humble, um, but he 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 knows what he's doing with the stocks. So, yeah, a little bit. A, little you know, bit man. a lot of people been on me about that, man. I, I've, I've, I've hit some. I've been lucky, man. Well, you're a good teacher. One of the toughest years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the toughest years I've had financially, man. And and I've been, I've been lucky on some of the stock come ups, man. So yeah, yeah, man. You got an eye for it, bro. You, I think you should dive deeper into that. Um, because you're really good at teaching stuff too. By the way, is yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Okay. But uh, if y'all need something, man, hit me up. Oh yeah, oh he would, yeah, definitely yeah. hit him up by all means if you need financial. Help. Yeah. Um. Okay. So with this episode, man, I I I know people love a good story about going against the grain against upper management at a workplace. Um. Oh yeah. <clears throat> people, people, because a lot of people want to do it, but maybe they just ain't got it in them. Which that's not a fault. Some people really just ain't built like and that's okay. Um. But. There are people who who just love, and I, I got a story, man, and I know you do too. Um, I got yeah. several, but uh, but I got one that stands out the most in particular. And um, I used to work at this place called Convergent in Augusta. Now, how I got to Convergent, I was in a period of unemployment. Um, I think one like six months or so. So. Through that time, I went through whatever 401k I had and all that, ran all, all through that. Foolishly, bro. Foolishly. Uh, just trying to bend over backwards for someone who just wouldn't give two fucks. 
But um, well, you know, mother, baby mama. I don't want to make it seem like I was fucking blowing money on his friend. <laughs> anywho, uh, so I got the convergent, and I got the convergent with promises that I was going to be uh, kind of like a high paid administrator for a staffing agency, like. I was, I'm not going to talk about salary, but I was promised X amount of salary and at a call center that I had worked at several years prior, but I was just getting my feet wet and customer service and all that. So I, I decided to take the job. The, the First and foremost, motherfuckers never told me that I was going to be on the phones, customer service, because the impression oh, yeah, I was coming in the door. They never tell you that shit. Hell no. Well, but someone who had my background, because, you know, I did have leadership background. I had a very extensive background in sales and Wells Fargo and Best Buy. So, I mean, it wasn't, I know why they wanted me. And they got me good. They, they as soon as I took the job, they said, yo, we're going to, you know, right now, basically, we're going to put it off for another month or two, get to sit you on the phones, you know, to give you a job. And then once I get it approved, we'll bring you in. I said, all right, I needed it in the worst way. So I took it. And um, that never came through. So I started pressing. I used to work for, who was it? Dang, Verizon. I want to say collections. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. I, uh, I, I, did, I did my thing then, and I kept pressing about being a, a, a supervisor. And uh, they, they were bullshit me there. They told me they'd do something. I just had to have, you know, X amount of stats. I had the fucking stats. They still wasn't moving me. And then we get, you know, but I had a suitable schedule to see my child. I had Fridays and Saturdays off. So I get her every other weekend. So then out of nowhere, they said, yo, you know, we're going to, we're going to shut this department down and we're going to bring people to work upstairs on Sprint. And I worked Sprint several years back and it was fucking trashy then at Convergent. And mm. a damn thing didn't change. So, so this is like a call center. Type yeah, setting, yeah, it was right? a call center, right? Yeah, uh, and it housed it housed different, uh, so different companies. I think they had Cox Cable, they had Sprint, they had Verizon, they had some kind of internet company that came in. But anywho, um, so we did that. So my I lost my schedule and all that. You either take this job or you don't have nothing. Well, they were bringing in a new company to take over. So Verizon was leaving, and they were bringing somebody else, and they could have easily kept me down there. But they were playing politics games. So I went up there, uh, went up to Sprint, and within a week of being on the phones there, I got promoted to supervisor. Hmm. There was no the, – the training at, at Convergent was what started to get me to complain um, because the training was was garbage. Yeah, there is no training anywhere. No, 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 no not at all. Um, but at Convergent, yeah. it's way worse. Like, I, you would just – any for my people who's listening who know what I'm talking about, they know it. They feel me. Like that training there, like you, you may as well put a, a child in place of training. Now the training manager was cool, but she had a lot of shit she was dealing with too. And then the one above her, his name's Michael Brooks. He was the one who was probably one of the laziest sons of bitches I've ever seen in my life. And he was the main, he was one of the ones I was bucking at at first. And then I realized who his relationships lied with. So he had relationships with, like the site manager and HR manager and shit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into that. Oh, well, Michael Brooks, if you're listening, man, um, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. And, uh, use a bitch. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. um, you know a lot of what I went through. Mm-hmm. So now I got some hate at first getting that supervisor role that quick because there's people there who are long, who's there longer than me that hadn't got promoted yet privilege probably so um more than likely but at the same time really fucking good at what i do and i'm not gonna let that privilege out outshine my work ethic but i'm pretty sure that that played a major part in me being a manager that quick um i didn't have adequate training they stuck me with someone who was like sporadic like she was really good at what she did but she wasn't a good teacher like at all so she and she was just kind of like, you know, because she was helping multiple people at once. So I'm like, why would you stick me with someone who who can't focus on training me? You know what I mean? So, yeah, my 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 I had a I had a shadow 
for a day or two with one person and I had a shadow for another day or two with another soup. And then I'm, I got my own team. So training's minimal. Um, I, Obviously. As, as you can see. <laughs> right. And then, so I, I have my complaints about that. And at the time I was complaining, I had no idea who this Michael Brooks guy was outside of, I, I had him before as my trainer and I liked him. So I had a good impression on him. So I wouldn't expect him to be this lazy ass some bitch that he is. Um, or may or was maybe he changed. I don't know. But anyways, <clears throat> um, so I complained. Whatever they were going to make changes to the training program, that didn't really happen. Then I got on the suit floor and I took over a team for someone else who was heading out the door. And she never came to work. She was, you know, it, it was what it was. And, um, but her team was, was overall was trash. So they stuck me with the trash team being fresh, barely learning the sprint product. So, I mean, how the fuck I'm going to supervise people and I barely know about this shit. I just got on the floor. So I was low key pissed. I mean, yeah, I wanted to be a suit, but then at least give me training if nothing else. Right. Man had the basics down, but motherfuckers is not going to ask basic questions when you're a suit. They're going to ask, you know, they're going to get the weird calls with the complex issues that you ain't never seen before. You know what I'm saying? So that's that was my luck. So I, t- I inherited that team, and they already had attendance issues as is. First and foremost, Convergent paid like nine fifty or nine twenty five an hour, bro. Bottom of the barrel in terms of call centers in my area. Um, so the turnover rate was like stupid high. Yeah. And not only was the turnover rate stupid high, but they would fire people and then bring them back like a month later, fire people for attendance <laughs> issues, bro. And then rehire them because they're that fucking desperate because convergent literally scrapes the bottom of the barrel in terms of talent because, and it's not, and I'm not knocking the talent that comes through. Cause I just seen some good folks come through who came in cause they needed a job. But in terms of like, you mean to tell me you can't pick from the top of the pool? Like, number one, you're, you're barely paying these people anything. And that's another fight I, I brought to the table um, was getting the pay raise, in which it did. So, okay, they gave me a team with attendance issues. Then they would get on me about my people not coming to work, um, which I said, yo, I just give me a better team. That's all I ask. At least give me some kind of mid-range talent, someone who I, I don't need. I'm not asking for all rock stars. I can build them myself, but at the very least, give me someone who's kind of in the middle that's coachable. Right. And so uh, I started noticing equipment wasn't working. Now, anybody who, who's been a supervisor in the call center knows how crucial seating is. Especially when you got, you're supposed to have 250 plus people that it can house. I mean, that, so seating is, is tight, especially on, when it comes to weekends. And you would expect a call center that's a, a third party um, third party dealer with, with Sprint with it have working equipment. So they didn't. So you know, you're having to spread your agents out, which is overflowing other teams, and they're having to move, and it just becomes a mess. People leave because their shit ain't working, their patience is getting, you know, they already don't get paid much, the shit ain't working, they're having to find a seat, you know, so a lot of things contribute to people not actually wanting to work. Things that are literally out of my control. Right. Um It'd be one thing if we had working equipment. Then you can hold me accountable for my people not coming to work. That's something I can manage. But when you have things that are outside of my control, it is what it is. So I started complaining about that. Um, and I guess they didn't like my complaints because I was asking questions like, yo, why do we have new 70-inch LED TVs on the wall, but we don't have working equipment out there? I said, I feel like someone has their priorities mixed up here. So at this time, I was, was kind of, you know what I'm saying? I was... Every suit meeting I was in, bro, I was I was lighting fire. And then, um, you know, I saw the site manager. He had nice TVs on his wall. I mean, and it was covering a fire alarm, which was all kinds of codes that he was violating with that. Uh, but he had you know, new equipment. So all these managers had nice TVs or equipment or whatever. You know, we had new swivel chairs, which was fucking unnecessary. Uh, they got the inside of the... Um, what was that? I can't remember that. The conference room, they got that remodeled and they did that to impress the clients that come in. For what? Motherfucker, take care of the people that work here every day. 
before you worry about clients that come through. That's your fucking problem. You're too busy. And that, and, and this is America in a, in a, in a nutshell. We, we sucking up to the big people. We kissing their ass all day, but we ain't taking care of the people that makes the bitch run for you to be able to suck their ass up too. You know what I mean? So, True that. and uh, so I started speaking on that. And then I heard something that happened that really kind of started me lighting a fire under these motherfuckers' asses, bro. Um, I heard that at a Christmas function, see, we used to, and, and, and it all made sense. When I, when I was in training bay, when I was coming out of training, there was this, this young girl who was, who was up as a floor walker. <laughs> and I was like, damn, she young. How the hell she become a, a floor walker already? You know, cause a floor walker is supposed to be a next step in the suit. So I right. said, damn, you know, cause she, I was like, yo, she had to have been 18 or 19. She just looked young. And then she got sat down like quickly. I was like, well, you know, she was trash. Why the fuck was she a floor walker anyways? So come to find out um, at a Christmas party, like a few, a month or two prior, or yeah, something, it was like real recent, the site manager, and I'm going to stop naming names because um, I don't want, you know, great. So the site manager at Convergent um, got his buddy, the training manager who I've spoken already and the manager who was my manager when I worked downstairs uh, to get her. They, they had her in the back, whatever, whatever room. I don't know if it's a VIP or whatever they're at. They were in the back room away from everybody else. And they were getting her drunk. 18 year old girl. She was 18, by the way. 18 year old girl getting her drunk with, with the idea that the training manager and the other site manager was going to run a train on. No. Real shit. Real fucking shit. Real fucking shit. I think I, I remember yeah. this shit. And, and you already know me as a dad, so I went dad mode when I heard that shit. I heard from the horse's mouth herself, bro. I approached her at work and got her comfortable enough to tell me what happened that night. Now, this, she didn't admit to them wanting to fuck her because I, I, I don't know of any young girl who's going to, yeah, that's embarrassing. But she did admit to the trainer manager kissing all up on her, trying to slide his hand down her pants. Now, I am smart enough to put two and two together. If you're bold enough to do that to an intoxicated 18-year-old, y'all was trying to run a train on her. That's not consensual sex. That's fucking rape. Yeah, that's wild, man, especially at the yeah. workplace. Yeah, especially with motherfucking managers. I said, oh, okay. So this is that kind of party. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> and I got a mouth, as you can tell already. So when I heard that, I went down to HR and I, I was livid, bro, like livid. Like I almost walked into his office and confronted him. But I was like, nah, I'll be smart about the shit. So I went down to HR and I talked to my um, I talked to my. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I can't remember her name. But anyways, the staffing agency HR I talked to her and she was acting all shell shocked and shit about it. But it was almost as if she was trying to prevent me from speaking out about it because she told me, you know, yo, this is the big doll we're talking about here. And I was like, OK, what's the fuck? What's the problem then? Get this shit rolling. Like, this is a big deal. Like, well, first of all, she's got to want to come out and speak on it. She already told me when I talked to her, when I talked to her on a break. She already told me she didn't want nobody to know about the shit because she did not want the backlash. But she did in the midst of telling me these things. She said, yeah, at this party, they promised me supervisor positions. They told me they were going to get me up as a floor walker, you know, and all that. And I said, oh, this shit makes sense. You know, and when I guess whenever she turned down going out with them again, they sat her ass down, which is explains why she was sat down so quickly. So that shit connected right there. Cause see before to me, she was, I was wondering why the fuck she was up being a floor walker to begin with. Cause she really wasn't that good. And then I find out they were, so they were throwing her promises while they were slipping her drinks and while they're trying to kiss up on it. Right. So she quits. Um, she quits and my complaint falls on deaf ears with HR through my staffing agency. So, and I was, I was advised to let it go. Well, I don't let shit go, bro. Now, maybe that's my problem. Um, so that started happening. When that happened, I started noticing that they were kind of watching me more. Okay, so I'm already speaking out about, about these equipment. that. So I'm, I'm challenging on why you're spending money 
on brand new TVs and unnecessary bullshit, but you're not supplying these workers with the equipment they need. So I know I'm already pitching off with that. I already know that. And I found out that they were all chummy with each other. So I know she went to you after I went to her. I already know what time it is. Cause then I became a sort of a target. And the more I spoke out, the bigger the target became, but I didn't stop speaking out like, fuck it. All right, bitch, we're going, you think you could do this to me? <laughs> I'm putting cases on all you bitches. I went full Alonzo mode, bro. And so they kept, so in, instead of giving me good talent, they were giving me shitty people. They was taking shitty, te- shitty talent off of other teams and sticking them on my team. People who didn't want to come to work, people who was always late that they didn't get held accountable before, but they want to get held accountable now under me. Now they're questioning why the fuck they're not coming to work, why they leave early or come late. Well, I'm sitting thinking y'all are the reason for the season, not me. You gave me that talent. I didn't make them that way. That was the attitude they fucking had when they came to my team because you allowed it because you didn't have your assistant managers enforcing, Oh, you know, enforcing rules or, or what, or, you know, whatever the case is on people who don't adhere to their, their statistics. You know, we had a monthly metric. We had to meet. You had company standard. You had to be at company standard or higher, anything lower. You're an outlier. You're on a watch list. You're on corrective action, et cetera, et cetera. So, but no one, no one held that rule in place unless, until it came to me. So I changed up my style, um, the way I managed, the way I supervise people. I'm, I'm very helpful. I, I never turn people down, whether they're on my team or not. Bro, I got to a point where I was watching three plus teams at one time with 10 plus agents each each bro my team alone had 14 so I, at any given so they just they just gave they just gave you a whole bunch of work or what so this is what <laughs> this is what happened okay so the things started heating up start so you can already tell I'm already speaking out more more equipment's not working I'm starting to speak out more um and they so they took me from under one assistant manager who who understood where I was coming from who's actually trying to help me and stuck me under a shitty ass assistant manager who was chummy with the assistant site manager or operation, whatever she was. I said, I'm not going to name names. So they stuck me under somebody who really didn't give two fucks about their job, but would throw you under a bus to make it seem like they did what they had to do. They did just enough to say, I tried. Um, so I got stuck with a terrible ass assistant manager. They kept sticking me with terrible ass talent. People who didn't come to work, didn't adhere to their schedule, none of that shit. And I still somehow managed to, to, bring them to work. So they didn't acknowledge the fact that I had attendance levels raised under me for these people. They still miss, but it was at a lower rate, but I brought them from the shitty, you know, outlier group to, they were actually hitting right there at metric or above metric. <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't hear about that though. It wasn't a good job. You're doing great. It was always, well, you're not hitting on this. You're not hitting on that. So I started speaking out about that. I'm sitting there thinking, yo, you got people here who's been here for years who come and go as they please. I got supervisors who you they 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 you allow them to sit at their desk and do their work and, and send their agents my way because I'm helpful. So once I volunteered once to watch a team, it became a burden for me at that point, from that point, because I was the it was like I was the the designated helper, bro, the designated hitter. I'm the one people went to. <laughs> so and in some in some cases, other supervisors were out for medical reasons, you know, and things that kept them out of work. So I had to watch their team. Why they didn't split the teams up amongst other supervisors? They was just trying to fuck with me, bro. I was on people's yeah. radar. I was hitting on points. I had a mouth. People admired me, bro. Out outside of management, I was the most liked person in that building, bro. Because I'm, I'm not, I yeah, I talk, you know, I talk like I talk and I speak like I do, man, but I genuinely care about people. And I want to see people reach their potential. And I, I never let that mindset waver. So when I got sued, yeah, you was complaining about me being a white dude of management, but I was giving people opportunities who didn't have it otherwise. I gave them opportunities to be floor walkers so they can move up. So I took my, I, I took whatever privilege I had and used it for the greater good. 
our, we wasn't we wasn't getting the pay. We we you know we were it, 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 either we was getting small pay at nine seventy five an hour, or they or they was fucking with people's paychecks and and not you know we, we had to do time cards and they it wasn't us that fucked the time cards up. It'd be the management that fucked the time cards up once we submitted to them. So people was getting short on their pay. So I fought against that. Got their pay raised to <laughs> excuse me up like I think it was like twelve something an hour. We didn't get pay raises at soups. Mm. I once worked three straight months without a yeah. break. Remember that shit? That's wild. Yeah, I do remember that, man. So to, to round this out, <laughs> round this out. Um, long story short, shit hit the fan. I, uh, Sprint came in one time. Uh, the Sprint manager came in. I ended up spilling the beans in front of her and the site manager saying, yo, we got 13 computers out in training bay. Training bay. People who we are depending on taking calls next week. We got 13 computers out in training bay. They're spilling out in the production floor. They're moving all of our people around. I got people leaving because they can't find a spot to work because computers don't work. Bro, that got a lot of people in trouble. With that came a bigger target. So anyways, long story short, this is this is how I left. Um, f- for some reason, they put me and my homeboy, who was another soup, on break at the same time. They, they approved our PTO. Come to find out, corporate was coming in town. So they approved my PTO to get my ass out of office. Because they... <laughs> yeah, well, what little did they know? I had already met. Hey, listen, they sent me out of town to say they knew what they was doing. Hey, they said, uh, hey, said, they said, uh, hey, you know, the you know, Hawk man and his homeboy man, yeah, we we're gonna cut them, so let's uh, not tell them before corporate comes in, let's just let them enjoy their little bit of PTO so they burn that so we don't have to yep. pay them just PTO for that, yep. you know what I'm saying? So they. They dip, y'all dip, and then y'all come back, and then what happens? So, okay, boom, we're there. We come back. Little do they know I've all, I already met the CFO at one point in time. He lifts waste like I do. I got his email and work email. So mm-hmm. I already had that in my pocket. I knew when I was coming back off my PTO, I knew. I had this weird feeling. I said, yo, something about to go down. I'm already on the write-up. They kept – and I, t- I got to tell this before I tell the story. The write-up, they wrote me up because they said I was spreading uh, rumors that I had people gunning for me, and so I was creating a hostile work environment. The dumbasses left the names of the witnesses on my write-up, bro. And the people who was ratting me out were people that I thought was cool with me, people whose team I've helped. Bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. An yeah, old yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, oh, you remember yeah. her? I ain't going to say her name, but you know. So I'm like, people who yeah. I was I, at one point was kind of romantically involved with, you was motherfucking bagging me? What? Bet. So I went to each person. I said, yo, I seen your name on the write-up. Is it true? Do you feel like I'm hostile? Every last one of them. And, and, and one of the witnesses always keeps it real. So I was shocked to see her name. She looked at me and she said, they did what? She said, oh, hell no. She went and talked to him, bro, because they falsified the fucking write-up. They falsified that bitch. Now the two of the names that was on there, they straight up just they. That wasn't the first time I heard about them, and and trying to get my ass because they was chummy with the site manager, so it made sense. So I came back off my break. Um, before I got to work, I had already written up an email, the infamous email. Anybody who's who's from Conversion that area, whether it worked at Sprint or who, whatever other project in that building, they know about this email. I, I, I pre-typed up an email. I found out that the the big manager was uh, mishandling funds. So he was taking corporate funds and he was giving it to one of the project managers. Um, the one I told you about who tried to sleep with that girl. Who also, by the way, yeah. hit on my mom. My mom had to pick me up from work one night because the car fucked up. So him and the training manager was inebriated while at work, bro. While at work. Hitting on my dukes. They reported that nothing fucking happened. So you know, you already know. I forgot to mention that. I'm in Rambo mode at this point. So I, I wrote up this email. I, I, I tagged the site manager, the CEO, the CFO, the Sprint C. I tagged like 10 big people, bro, including the manager I was talking about. I wanted them to read what I had to say. So I typed up. It was like four or five paragraphs. I talked about how they were mishandling funds. And I talked about the receipts that were shown to me by HR. I, I threw everybody under the bus, bro. I threw every motherfucker under the bus that that did me dirty. There are people that I could have threw under the bus, but I fucked with them. So I didn't do that to them. But I, I talked about how uh, 
we had instances where they had Cinco de Mayo. They had a $1,500 budget. They only used $500 of that $1,500 budget. He pocketed the rest, and he would falsify the fucking receipts. I, I, had, I had proof. I had mother stole whole fucking proof. Bro. Yeah. I, pr- I pre-wrote the email, but I didn't send it yet. As soon as I got to I got to work early, as I always did, bro. I, I worked anywhere between 8 to 12 hours daily. And I did that for three months straight just to keep up with my fucking work so I didn't lose my job because of the workload they were putting on me because I was pressuring them. I was trying to make changes. Ten minutes, as soon as I got back, ten minutes into my shift, I get called into the manager's office. And it's my assistant manager and it's the operations manager. And she goes, well, you did it again. I said, yo, what did I do this time, man? She goes, oh, that's the attitude to have. I said, because I'm sick of y'all targeting me. I said, so let's go ahead and get on with this. So that didn't go well. So after getting chewed out, they finally got to the write-up. <clears throat> and I said, listen, about this write-up, I said, I went back to every witness you had on that paper, and I asked them, did they say such and say? They go, well, yeah, you weren't supposed to do that. That's why we're here. I said, why the hell did you guys leave their name on the write-up then? You're not supposed to do that. One of which never made the statements that you claim they made. I'm calling you bluff. I said, you a terrible-ass manager. I went to my assistant manager. I said, you trash too. I said, I got put under you knowing that you're garbage. You got people begging to be from under you, going to other managers, which is why they had to switch me over to you because she kept getting filled. And I said, and you, I know you tell me with, with big dog in there. And I know every time I spoke out, he told you to keep a red dot on me. And you tried and tried and you failed. And you went as far as to falsify a writer. I said, you think I'm done with this? And she was like, well, I guess we need to go down to HR and, and, and talk about your future. I said, fuck my future. You can have my badge. And I put that bitch on the fucking table. I walked out that motherfucker, bro. I called Evan. I said, dude, send the email. I had that bitch up on my computer, bro. Ready. Wait. I said, sit by the computer. I'm going to call you. I, I, hey, these motherfuckers playing checkers, bitch, and I'm playing chess. Checkmate, motherfucker. I hit that motherfucking email, bro. That bitch got sent out. They tried to remove it from the server. They couldn't. It was a done deal. Next thing you know, you got motherfucking corporate calling in. Within a week later, they got people, they got marshals serving subpoenas on motherfuckers. Bro, I lit fire to Convergent. I fucked a whole game plan up. People didn't like me because I spoke out because they didn't have the motherfucking balls to do what I did. They didn't have what it took to take the necessary measures to speak out, to put yourself in a position to be a target. I did what they couldn't do. Until this day, I think I think the assistant manager quit or she got fired. The operations manager is no longer there. <laughs> uh, the project manager who tried to holler at my mom, he ended up getting fired, got hit with the DUI. So, I mean, it was like everything came to me. Everybody, everybody, everybody been trying to holler at your mom, man. Hey, listen, man. God, I'm going to Oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah, wild. That, that's, that's my uh, that's my fight the power story, bro. Um, And I, I do more, more of that these days, you know, politically. But, uh, yeah, man, that's my fight the power. What about you, bro? Yeah, man. So, um. Mine is extra long because mine was over a course of a year and a half, but uh, I'll try to sum it up, you know, all into, you know, a shorter story, kind of give you a feel for what I dealt with. So I worked for a company called Mm -hmm. United Rentals. Um, I started with them in Augusta, Georgia. They are the biggest uh, renter of construction equipment from anywhere from 185 foot boom lift to um a skid steer anything man like and I went into this job fresh like I didn't I wasn't into equipment I wasn't in the construction or anything like that I didn't know how to sell it I didn't know how to use it any of that and um when I got the job I, I excelled really really well for like two years and um you know I, I got you know I, I got like pretty good at what I was doing and I and I got in contact with a lot of upper management and and I was real tight with just management man like I I was I was gonna go places with this job so uh so uh you know Megan ended up moving to Atlanta or whatnot and I had uh kind of stepped out of my shell and got out of the office and 
over a course of a few months, man, like really just started getting to use the equipment. I wanted to learn more about the different pieces of equipment that we are renting. That way I can, you know, better, you know, just position myself to sell the equipment and, and to know more about it so I can mm-hmm. talk better about it. And um, I kind of trained myself, man. My manager at the time, Reggie, shout out to him, man, best yeah. manager I've ever had, um, allowed me a lot of free time to just kind of learn everything and um, to better understand the business so that I can grow. And uh, Megan ended up moving to Atlanta and I had all this experience that I kind of just wanted to reach out and grab a new opportunity with because I wanted to get closer to Alexa. It's funny because we were just talking about (laughs) this before the show. So, um, so I, I had helped this lady out called, uh, her name was Renee and she was a division trainer. Um, and basically what she did was she trained people to be OSHA certified on the equipment that they were renting so that they can use it properly. If OSHA was to inspect them, they had their licenses to use these pieces of equipment wherever they are, you know, whatever, wherever their project was. Whether it was just a random mom and pops drywall business or the government, uh, Facebook, you know, anybody, man, the, I, you know, just any type of construction company she was training. And um, the vice president of United Rentals, now, United Rentals, man, is a big time company. 15,000 employees. Their stock right now is trading at $180 a share. They are banging it out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, $8 billion wow. business. And um, so, so Mike Clore hits me up. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, I'm dropping names because I'm not saying anything bad about these people. Uh, I will in a minute. <laughs> um, and Mike hit me up and was like, hey, man, Reggie told me that uh, you were going through some things and that you know, uh, Alexa's mom moved to Atlanta. Would you be interested in going to Atlanta and taking a trainer position? And basically you would be a trainer for the South division. And I was like, yeah, cause I'm, I, I was thinking about moving to Atlanta anyways. I didn't, I didn't apply for the job. I didn't call about the job. I didn't do any of it, man. Like they reached out to me. So that's how Damn. close I was to higher ups in the South, the Southeast region. And um, so I ended up taking a job and um, I knew a little bit about Renee. I knew just like, I, I knew enough that I felt like this could be a good move. You know what I'm saying? It was a huge, huge uh, opportunity for me, man. You know, I got a company vehicle. I got per diem per day to uh, eat on, which was like $60. Oh, yeah, you were ridiculous. Um, I had the F1. <laughs> yeah, I was chilling, bro. I had the, had the 2018 Oof, brand US 150. Basically, I could put all the mileage I wanted on it, man, because it was it was basically my vehicle. And um, so I moved to Atlanta and I took the job and I started training or whatnot. And, and, you know, I met my team and I got real close to my team and I started realizing like my team fucking hated Renee. Yeah. And I was like, man, like what's what what the fuck's wrong with Renee, man? You know, like I, I've helped her in Augusta when she comes down. I like, you know, she she everything's cool about her, like. She's a little bit quirky, you know, she's like a white woman with guns type oh, of yeah. white woman, you know, so like, I'm like always one step back. She's from South Georgia, so I'm like, eh, you know, whatever, but I can deal with her in a right. professional setting. So, and uh, and Felix, my dude from Miami, man, he was the one that trained me. He came up to uh, Atlanta and trained me. He was like, man, you'll see. And I was like, all right, fuck it, you know, like, I- I'll see, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, I started realizing some things, man, like, uh, like she liked to talk behind people's backs, mm-hmm. start rumors and shit like that. And um, my first review, man, uh, went awesome. You know, I, I traveled the entire Southeast training multi-million dollar companies. I trained over thirty five hundred people my first twelve months. Man, I, I was I was I was killing it, man. I I, I loved it. I love you. Know, I remember that. I, I loved it, and um. I got into a position, bro, where I was not happy in Atlanta. It's funny how this all is tying up to what we were just talking about. I was not happy in Atlanta, and uh, I wanted to move. I wanted to move back home, which is Augusta, Aiken, you know, South Carolina. And um, 
so I proposed to her in the review time. I was like, listen, man, like, uh, I really want to go back home. Some of these trainings that you got me going to are in Charleston, Savannah. I'm going back home to Augusta sometimes. I'm going to Columbia. I'm going to Charlotte. I'm going to Raleigh. Um, why can't I just be in Augusta or Aiken and go back home and just that be my central mm-hmm. point of my hub? Like, because that is in the middle of right. everywhere that I'm training in the southeast, you know. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I just I'm not sure if we can do that, and um, you know, I just I, yeah, we'll see." And I was like, "All right, cool." So, um. Weeks went by, dog. Weeks, weeks. And I kept asking her, asking her, asking her. And she came back to me and was like, man, we can't let you go back. And I was like, yeah, why not? what the fuck? Why not? And she was like, well, we're going to leave Atlanta like wide open and like say, you know, there's a training at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. Like, how are you going to get from Augusta to Atlanta or Columbia to Atlanta and like how are you going to do that training and get back like we're going to pay too much money for gas and 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 overtime and stuff because although I had all this stuff I was still hourly like I can't believe that position was that's hourly, crazy I'm fucking hourly for that position yeah that that position was hourly and I'm, I'll break it down to you bro that position paid me $33 an hour wow and I I clocked in on the phone and I clocked out on the phone so my day started when i hopped in the truck my day started when i got back to the house or it stopped when i got back to the house so if you know i had to go to raleigh and then i had to come all the way back it was up to me if i wanted to stay at a hotel or if i wanted to make the entire trip back Hmm. on the clock so i know it was you know um so anyways, man, she she made it like very difficult for me to foresee the move. And um, I told her straight up, I said, for my mental health, I'm, I'm going back regardless. I said, I'm a remote employee. I said, as long as I make my appointments and I meet yeah. my quota for the month, yep. I should be good. And she didn't like that. She didn't like that at all. And... She held a grudge over me for doing something that I was allowed to do from, right. you know, upper levels. Like her boss was like, yeah, we, we can't keep him in Atlanta. If he don't want to be here, he can be anywhere in his territory. My territory covered yeah. four states. So I moved back. And the, the, the stipulation on moving back from Renee was, hey, you're still covering Atlanta is still your main territory. Do six over there, that's your main branch. You know, like we we still pay you out of that branch. So if Do six needs anything, you need to be there. I was like, all right, cool. That's my main hub, but I still have a hub here in Augusta. I'm back with my old yeah. people in Augusta. You know what I'm saying? They made me another office in Augusta. I was cool. I called Reggie. I set everything up. I was like, yo, you're gonna have a trainer in town. I can I can upsell the trainers, all the sales rep here. They 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 know me, you know, Fort Gordon's popping off. Like I'm I'm cool, man. SRS, like I'm cool. I can bring a lot of income to to the branches down here. And I did just that. Um, but I started realizing like she would she would set me up with these bogus ass trainings, bro. Like uh she would she would be like, All right, you need to be in Macon at seven hmm. o'clock. I'd be like, Come on, man, like that's yeah. fucking crazy. I don't train at seven o'clock. I train usually between eight thirty and nine. I get done at one thirty, and then I make my trip back wherever the fuck I'm yeah. going, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? So I started grinding a little bit harder, bro. I'd get up at five, make it a making. I'd I'd, I'd I'd wake up at five, and I'd be on the other side of Atlanta, and I'd I'd get in the office. I say, "What's up to everybody?" And I knew everybody in the United yeah. Rebels in the Southeast, bro. Everybody. And I'd walk into any branch that I was Athens, Lawrenceville, Charlotte, anywhere, bro. Like, I was just like, what's up, man? I'm here to train a class. Boom, bam, I'm out. And then I'd go all the way home. She started cutting my, uh, she started sending emails out telling me that that I needed to watch my spending on my corporate card. So I stopped 
I stopped doing a lot of different shit, man, just to please this lady because I felt like she did me a favor in a way of kind of just backing off of me and letting me get yeah. to Augusta. And I was wrong about that, man. So uh, one day she hit me up and she was like, yeah, I need you to go to Macon and I need you to train this class on this specific piece of equipment. And I told her, I said, I'm not certified to train on that piece of equipment. Renee, I can't do the class. She was like, um, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, next Wednesday, I'm going to I'm going to just postpone this class next Wednesday. I'll get you trained up because I'm a train the trainer on that one. I'll be able to certify on you. Yeah. I, I said, all right, cool. She was like, just come to Atlanta and um, and I'll train you up and then I'll set up that training because it's like a five thousand dollar training. I want you to get credit for it. So once I train you for it, you'll be able to go down to Macon or wherever it was and you'll be able to train them and boom. Yeah. Bam. I was like, all right, cool. Well, that day came and she canceled oh, yeah. that training. All right. I was like, all right, cool. I don't have to do the fucking training. I get a day off, you know, like whatever. <clears throat> and um, I get a I get a call from her telling me that the class has mm-hmm. been scheduled again and that my cards for the certification should be at my house <laughs> any day. And I was like, the fuck? I, I was right. never trained on this shit. You know what I'm saying? She was like, yeah, but I I made sure that you got trained. I right. pushed you through the class. And I said, oh, okay. So you got to think, Chris. I cut, this short, I, I cut yeah. this story real short. There was a lot of drama between the right. start to now. The team wasn't happy with her. Nobody was happy with the way she was treating Yeah, the uh, investigation the and all that stuff. When I... Yeah, whenever yeah, whenever the the team found out about what she did, bro, they were like, "Yo, you yeah. got to report that shit." And I was like, "Word. Ain't nothing but a thing to me." So I called the director of training which was like in many I don't I don't know, maybe Chicago, maybe New York, I don't fucking know. One of those cities, man, I called her. I said, "Loretta, I got a problem." I said, "My manager falsified documents to gain profit from a class." saying that I was certified to train on this piece of equipment yeah. when I'm not certified on it. And they went through this whole entire investigation with her yeah. and cleared her and sent and sent me to Philly to get trained on this piece oh of equipment God. properly so that the so that the company looked okay. And so that her ass kind of just got washed away from the situation. That's fucking crazy. And I said, I know that I am going to be subject to know. a big retaliation from this bitch, bro. And from that point on, after my trip to Philly, and when I got back, bro, all my trainings in Atlanta, North Carolina, South Carolina, got wiped out, dog. And the only place where I got training, bro, was cold, cold. Oh my lord, which did not give me my at the time was I needed twenty five thousand dollars a month of training revenue to stay afloat for my yeah. cost as an employee. That's truck salary, that kind of shit. And um, I was tanking, and there was nothing I could do and about they it. Allowed it, and. Yeah, yeah, they allowed it, man. Um, I tried my best to get out of the situation, bro. It was my favorite job, man. I, I left I left the company that I truly admired. And the reason why I did it, man, was because it, it was more of a fight than anything, man. I, I couldn't do anything without her trying to right. retaliate against me, man. It just made the situation just terrible, bro. And um you know, I, I left I left United Rentals on a bad term because I, I, I sent an email out to Renee and to some pretty yeah. high up corporate people, man, like <laughs> Michael Nealon. Michael Nealon makes Michael Nealon my last year there banked hundred and fifteen million dollars. So the CEO of this company is well off. And I sent him an email, I sent a few other people an email, Loretta and all them. And um, it was basically just saying, quickly, not bad, 
Like, like this is kind of what happened. This is the reason I'm leaving. The truck keys are here. The laptop is here and the phone is here and I'm out. Um, so lesson to be learned, man, is that, you know, regardless of the type of job that you have, whether it's whether it's real nice or real bad from what yeah. Chris was saying, you know, because um, my job, my job was that job is like once in a lifetime. Um, you can't replicate that job in any other type of way. It's like a very unique job. And yeah. I loved it. But no matter no matter what type of work it is, man, if you don't have the people on top of you um, working yeah. with you exactly. and for you instead of against you, everything is trash. Like I tell people all the time, man, I was a corporate safety trainer for an $8 billion company, man, where I managed over 100 branches in the Southeast, man, and I had to look over the safety of all their employees. And I also had to look over the safety of our customers as well, too, that were getting equipment from our, our employees, from our shops, from our, you know, everywhere, man. I was a pretty important guy, man, for the first time in my life throughout my career, bro. Like, I had worked at a hospital, Verizon, like, you know, I own my own little business. But this is the first time, like, I had, like, major right. corporate responsibility. And um, I was looked up from a lot of people. I helped a lot of people out, man. But at the end of the day, man, like, my sanity... Yep. Came first. And it's funny because I made that decision with United to leave them based on the decision I made to come back home. Hmm. Um, because I needed my sanity to come back home. And at the same time, I needed my sanity to fucking get away from this job, man, that I felt like I had to stay to uh, see what else can come, see if I can defeat yeah. her and all that stuff. So I left and within within five or six months, man, the entire team that I work with was disassembled. Um, she still manages a team of tra a team of trainers, man, but nobody off my team wow. is still there. And um I talked to a lot of people that still work there, man. A lot of people that I am really close with. Um and you know, they're doing well, man. I, I kinda I regret leaving the way that I did, but at the same time, man, like I gained a lot of new opportunities, man. You know, like I, the 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 job that I took right after I left United was actually one of the people that I trained in Augusta, and he hooked me up oh, with, that, with that safety that safety <laughs> that safety director job over there with the, yeah, the ones that do the scaffolding. And uh, yeah, man. So that job only lasted two weeks, man, because they didn't tell me that I was going to be uh, doing inspections on the scaffolding 280 feet up in the fucking air yeah, I was like, nah, i'm good man i'm not doing Shit, that type man, of work. Work. so yeah man that's my story man like like you you really got to be careful with the way that you uh approach things yeah. in a professional setting uh you need to do things that make you happy if they go against your morals right like you need to stay with your morals and at the same time always protect yourself but always know that usually if you're working for somebody else 100% of the time everything is bigger than just you so when you go report something um most of the time it's going to come back and bite you in the ass always have a plan always have a plan to get out and always have a plan to make sure that you are well documented. Uh, you have all your documents together, like I did, and make sure that you are respected before you do some shit like that, man. Because people can really tarnish your future when it comes down to other jobs, yep. when you need references, you know that kind of thing. So, yeah, man, corporate America is rough, and it's only going to get rougher from here on out, man. We are this COVID shit, and and the way people are. Yeah, the way people are bringing in people now to just justify that they're helping, that they got payrolls and that kind of thing. You just got to be careful, man, and just stick to your morals, bro, and, and, and work hard. But oh, at the same yeah. time, always be prepared because yeah. I learned hard. No, way. definitely, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, speaking out comes repercussions. And you have to be weary of that when you do speak out. So I know what I, you know, we, we both know what we do when we do it, um, especially with the stuff I speak out now. I know something, you know, is a bound and I'm cool with it. Um, but oh, yeah. I knew, you know, oh, when yeah. I reported them too. When they hollered at my mom, they was inebriated at work. Like 
Uh, little did I know the HR, the big HR manager was chummy with both those managers I ratted on and the fucking uh, site manager. So it just got cycled. It got, and I, and that's where, that's really where it took off. Like I said, come to find out, homeboy got arrested for DUIs and shit. So I guess I wasn't too fucking crazy. Oh, well, you know, that's funny that you say that, man, because a big reason why Renee didn't get fired over the course of all the shit that she did was because she had something on one of the big corporate guys, man, that she ended up fucking or whatnot after Whoa. a fucking corporate party that we had. And they they would not get rid of her uh, on the basis of her exposing this other guy. Wow. And that was a big thing, man. You know, it's it's kind of it kind of goes back and forth with what your story yeah. is, man, how dirty oh, yeah. people get at work, man, and how and how it, it really trickles down to everybody else, man. Like we we were very extravagant at United Rentals for good reason, man. We had the money. We were making the money, man. Like we would go on these fucking functions, bro, um, to golf courses like Chate Alon up in North Georgia, bro, over there going towards Athens, bro. We'd spend a whole weekend there playing golf and shooting skeet and fucking spending thousands on food, bro. And yeah, man, it was the fucking life. But you run into a bitch like that, bro, that has that has no worry or no care about anything but herself, bro. It just it it fizzles all the excitement out of anything that you can touch, bro. So really, y'all, my listeners, man, make sure that when you are moving up in a company, whenever you're applying for a new job in a company, study that job, understand who you're going to be working under, get word from other people, man, because you do not want to sacrifice an entire career at a place to be under somebody nope. else, man, that is just not going to set you up for success. And um, if it was, if if I never ran into Renee at United Rentals, I would have retired there. <laughs> That's crazy. Point blank. Point. I would have retired there. Point blank, bro. Before I took that job in Atlanta, man, I already had three other positions that they wanted to give me, man. Two in Augusta, one in Charlotte, and I turned them down. Because of situations with baby mama. Yep. And then baby mama left. I went to Atlanta. Just a fucking terrible ass decision. But at the same time, you know, I gained a lot of experience in my career. You know, I excelled at what I did, man. I was really good at what I did, man. I did a lot of public speaking. I did a lot of teaching, you know, something that was new for me on that scale, bro. Like, I was teaching classes wow. of 100 people sometimes, bro. And, um, you know, with that being said, you run into the wrong person, bro. All that shit yeah. just goes down the drain. So, yeah. be careful. All be careful. Say. Know what the fuck you're doing and what you're getting yourself into. That is yeah. step one. Yeah, money is not the answer. Nope. Money is not the nope. answer. Nope. But you know, it's justifiable if you, uh, you know, if you fight for the right reasons, man. That's why I never worried about the repercussions at Convergent because I knew that I was fighting for good cause. And I got, I got people paid, and uh, got equipment working, so did my job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's another thing with me, man. Like I always had, I always have connects at United. Like um, I had had some of the best reviews from our customers, man. Like I I killed it, you know. And um, but that that all gets overshadowed by shit like what me and you talked about tonight, man. Which is which is, you know, that's that's the black the black hole of uh, corporate America. It is that, man. So you're you ain't nah, you best believe you get fired and move on. Someone comes right in behind you and keeps that wheel spinning. Right in behind yep. you and keeps grinding, bro. Well, yes, this, this this was an interesting. So, uh, I'm glad we got to do this episode, man. Yeah, man, it was good to talk about that, man. You know the the thing about that story I just told, man, is that it was very traumatic because I was like over there, I was over here, I was over there, I was over here, I was going through shit with a with a Alexa situation. I was, you know, just trying to find a way, man, and I was yeah. really attached to that company for a long time. I was there, yeah. I was there for four and a half years, and um, 
yeah, I tried to forget about it. And you told me we were doing this topic. I was like, ah, I know why he's doing this topic because he wants me to bring out this story, and then he's want he yeah. wants to do the conversion. Yeah, and that conversion so, thing I'm hit, cool you know, because I mean, and just to close this out, like I, I didn't tell, I sacrificed a lot of time with Paisa to to be at work to get my shit done and to do coachings and shit for other supervisors who didn't want to do their job just because of the workload they put on me. So when all that shit, I t- that shit personal. I said, I said, okay. Man, yeah, no, I get man. it, bro. I, I got a, I got the F one fifty, right? Um, that was a brand new two thousand eighteen F one fifty for the job. I got it with three miles when I, when I left the job. I had only had that, I had that new truck yeah. for for thirteen months. Fifty two thousand miles on it. That's crazy as fuck. Jesus. Months. So sacrificing time, I get it, man. I was I was everywhere. But yeah, also that's had fun that, you know, hey. <laughs> that's always a plus, dude. <laughs> yeah, my story. Oh yeah, we got we'll, we'll save those for so. I, I think we have a podcast. We could talk about crazy party Ooh. stories and shit. Just something that changes the mood. Hell yeah, oh, we, yeah can no, we can do but, that. But uh for now, man, I think this is a good stopping point, man, for this episode. And I uh I appreciate you, bro, you know, sharing that, sharing that story. Definitely. But uh I don't know, man. I think you might have went out on your end. I don't know if you could hear me. But at any rate, I think Mike's having a little sound difficulties, which is cool. So I'm gonna close this sun gun out. Guys, I appreciate you uh tuning in. I do. I appreciate you guys as always, man, giving your support, listening. Hopefully this podcast entertains you as much as it entertained us to tell this story. And um, we look forward to expanding more in our next episode. Not quite sure that's going to be about yet. Got a brainstorm. We just wanted to go ahead and put this one together for you guys because it's been close to a month since we released one, man. So I'm going to go ahead and close this thing out. Mike, if you're listening, I know you probably you still having sound difficulties, man. I appreciate you as always, bro. And uh, appreciate the listeners as always. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We're out.